Hello and welcome to the Read and Entertainment Podcast, episode 377 for, what's today? Uh, 11-27-2022, November 27th, 2022. My name is Nathan Reed Spruth. Joining me this week, we have Connor the Cyberpunk Monk Bash. Oh yeah, video games and tech news. That's that's what we cover. And we have Andrew Roa McFain. Yes, the most original podcast in the world. We are... Recorded the market. Yeah. Yes, we we have we have cornered the market on on video game and tech news with our specific Three cis opinions. white men talking about the the weird obscure things that they like. Hey, which aren't we, actually that weird or obscure. We have a uh, part of the LGBT community come in here sometimes and help us out. Sometimes, I mean, I like some fucked up shit. <laughs> I don't think that counts. That, I'm that slightly doesn't... gay. You're you're like you're like you're gay ish, but like it'll it'll take your wife divorcing you before you go and start experimenting. Is that is that what we're talking about? Uh I think it would just uh, have to be like a consensual party. Yeah. Like, I don't want to speak <laughs> for Aroa, but I, I feel like I kinda know what their deal is. You know yeah, they're cool. <laughs> You know the great thing is there's like 14 year olds who listen to this podcast hey uh, whatever be open-minded that's their problem, not mine that's true <laughs> also nathan nathan no yes. no they aren't yeah no no, no there i have been told by uh by another listener that what there 14 year olds do you know i don't know any um, is nathan getting canceled right now should we be <laughs> concerned uh no it's it's uh it's a listener's nephew i believe listens to the podcast Hello. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, one of my friend's nephews. Anyway, uh, Aroa, where can we find you? You go to aroa.website, uh, which I need to modify uh, soon, but I'll I'll get to it eventually, you know. Well, what are you, you going to modify it on it? Uh, so right now there's a Mastodon link, and that's going to change either to a, uh, a miskey um or there's another there's a fork of miskey that has a lot of improvements to it and i might use that instead okay. uh hosting your own fediverse server is uh, is a wacky world yeah uh also while i'm talking i should note there's a cat on my desk and if i don't let him lay on the desk uh he will just scream until i put him on the desk i hear him purring so, yeah, like I, it's either this or you get screaming uh, throughout the entire podcast. So you're just gonna get some some purring every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, that happens. I I I too have a cat that likes to jump up on my desk. She does not yell when you don't let her up on the desk, but you'll like throw her down and she'll just keep jumping back up. That's well, he's just... he's only got three legs, so he can't get up on the desk on his own. So oh. his answer is to yell at me. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, I, I, it's, you're not doing Hive. Yeah, I've heard huh? of Hive as another alternative to Twitter. I, 
I think I saw one person post about that. Yeah. I am I am assuming that it's yet another throwaway social network that isn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. Uh yeah. and honestly, if it's not decentralized, I just don't care. And then there the other the other one that I urge everyone to go to is Space Hay. Which is Is that is that a porn site? It is the MySpace ripoff. The oh old, yeah. Yeah. The old MySpace Actually, that, that site's really cool. <laughs> of course it is. Of course you'd think that. I um, rem- yeah. I remember when I left my computer unlocked and I had a friend who went into my MySpace account on my computer and changed everything to be as gay as possible. I had somebody do that to me once. Yep, and uh, it was like, there's a section on MySpace that would be like, who are your heroes? And he changed it to, these are my only, or these are the my only heroes, and it showed a gay Batman and Robin. <laughs> and I was That's like, pretty funny. It was good, it was good. I wasn't that mad. It took me like 20 minutes to fix, but it was still like, come on, guys. I, uh, I know we're getting off topic here. MySpace was fantastic to be in junior high school and no HTML. Yeah. It was yeah. like... There was like a solid year where I was the guy. <laughs> Someone needed something on their profile, they came to me. Yeah. And these MySpace are skills was... that I've used my entire life, essentially. Yeah, it was that was like the way that I got into the like base level web dev that I know. Yeah. Was was just customizing my fucking MySpace profile. It's, Everyone it's has cool. all these HTML templates that are just available like in open source code on their sites. Yeah, I will study someone's profiles for 15 minutes and give you whatever you want, homie. Yeah. yeah. It, you can it, have custom mouse cursor. It did have some uh some vulnerabilities, I think, with their with the way that their platform was so open. But we're gonna move on. Connor, uh we can find you at a row.website. Anything you wanna plug? You know I do. I wanna plug Clinton Score Classics or Rise of the Rune Lords, first edition, actual play first. Uh, I already said first edition podcast. It's great. You should check it out. I work real hard on it. You do. You do. You work way harder on it than we do on this podcast. And you can find me, Nathan Reed's Ruth, everywhere. I'm still on Twitter so, for some reason. Uh, you can find me there at, at Reeton. I post about when I'm going live. Uh, and then on, on Twitch, which Twitch you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash Reeton. This podcast that you're listening to, if you're listening to it on YouTube, you can find me on Spotify. If you're on Spotify, you can find me on YouTube uh, at Reeton and, and Reeton Podcast. Uh, it depends on on how you like listening to this podcast. I have somebody on my Twitter who said that they're going to listen to my podcast, and uh, they said that they will only listen to podcasts on YouTube. So I guess now that we're posting podcasts on YouTube, that's a good thing. Just in time. Just in time. We just did it. I had a, I had a coworker who also had that same sentiment. So yeah, that's cool. I I, I, I get it. But okay. I should transcribe my podcast and get it on YouTube. I have a a coworker who will only won't do like audio podcasts, but will only do video podcasts. Like they will only watch like um like uh, what is it the the Pathy NES Punk what what CU I forget what the CU stands oh, for. Oh, yeah, um, but. The, the only watch like those because they're they they film it with you know cameras and then also release it in audio format. Oh, uh, so they're uh they're one of those those 
What do you call it? Visual uh, people? Oh, no, I was going to say parasocial people. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's it. They want to they feel like they're hanging out with, with their friends. And they, they can look at them and go, ha, 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 that's great, niche internet celebrity friend. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe that's it. But uh, we are going to move on. We're going to talk to Connor. What games have you played this week? Oh, man. The first one I want to talk about is Super Smash Brothers. Have you guys ever played eight-player Smash with, like, actual eight players? Yes, it is chaotic. No. It is so... friends. I'm, I'm, we, we did Friendsgiving over the weekend, and it was my first time playing eight-player Smash where, like, everyone brought their own controller. We all had, like, mains that we were playing. We did tournament mode, which is the right way to play Smash with that many people in a room. It was so fun doing brackets and tournaments. And then uh, 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 I played Assassin's Creed Syndicate, and I 100%ed that. That was probably the fastest game I've ever 100%ed, like, in the Assassin's Creed list. Which, I guess, is what happens when you give an Assassin's Creed a Batman grappling hook. Which I'm questionable about. When, uh, when you could zipline around the city, it sure does make doing anything but ziplining around the city really tedious. And in a game where you're mostly, like chasing people or ambushing people you really start to miss it when you can't use it but that's my review for uh like a, a five-year-old game now i i'm also still on the lookout for some sort of game that's going to take up my time that's not a shooter so uh you know what i did is i went out and picked up halo infinite campaign wait a minute yep without I, I think me I'm done. but that's well, a shooter i know but um I, I, nothing else is jumping out at me. But I've been cycling but without through games. me. It's on sale right now for fifty percent off. You want to do it, homie? I have it on Game Pass. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, we should do that sometime. <laughs> of course, I have it because I have Game Pass because I have, I have a, a a streaming channel where I play through many many games a year. I'm up to like twenty five this year. And Game Pass helps facilitate that for a pretty reasonable cost. Of course, of course. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll play some Halo Infinite sometime, probably. Uh, yeah. What I did, like, while I was jumping games is I've just been, think like, loading things up on my Steam Deck and trying them out there. I tried to play Dishonored 2, uh, Dishonored, the, the original one, for, like, two hours. And it hit me that I've already 100% of this game multiple times, both the, the high chaos and the low chaos mode. I don't think I could do it again. You can do it. It was it, it was it was getting there in the sense that it's not a, a first person shooter. Like I was really loving walking around the city again, but man, this game sure is ten years old. Its AI is starting to show its age a little bit. Have you thought about? It loves me a it loves me a stealth game, but uh, I need something that is a little more challenging, a little a little less explored already. Ha have you thought about Gears of War or Dead Space third person shooters? I actually do miss Gears of War quite a bit. I think we talked what about, about Just that. Cause. Uh, just Cause is a little wacky for me. Oh, yeah. That um, makes sense. And not that there's anything... Like, I love Borderlands, and it's very wacky, but that's just not the, the feed that I'm looking for right now. So uh, tune in as I continuously endeavor to look for what is a playable game in this... Metal Gear world. Rising. Maybe. That is a good game. But Maybe. Uh, we're going to move on to to me, unless you have a Warhammer moment. 
No, I've um, I haven't even painted in like a week. Oh no, me. are you feeling okay? I've just I, every living moment I have, I'm uh, I'm preparing for a podcast. I'm editing a podcast, or uh, I'm playing video games lately, trying to find something good. That makes sense. So, uh, we're gonna move on to me and Monday because I stream Monday through Friday, six p.m. Pacific Pacific time to nine p.m. Pacific time, uh, on Twitch Twitch.tv forward slash Reeton. But anyway. On Monday, I was like, oh, hey, look, another new game on Game Pass that I was slightly interested in. And that game was Dune Spice Wars. And let me tell you, I do not like this game. It has way too many systems. It's an RTS, uh, but to me, it, it, it tends to play a little bit more like, uh, like Civilization just with RTS instead of it being turn-based strategy. Because you have, like... So you have your is skills, a, you have to level up. I'm sorry, is it a grand up. strategy? I... I... I don't... It's a 4X. Like it's, ever, it's a 4X. I'm not sure if... Uh, I just... Is it... Does it play... Is it kind of like... Uh, did you ever play Crusader Kings? Or, like... A, it is not Euro- like that. Europa Universalis or something? Okay. It's more it's it's like a mixture between uh like Age of Empires and Civilization, but like I feel that there are way too many systems in it. So you have you have just like the basic city building. You have city takeovers where you can annex or destroy cities that you have conquered um and there are like little npc cities that you can take over near your base um and then use those to build new factories and plants and stuff there is obviously you have to harvest the spice because that's that's what you do in the dune rts games you control uh, the spice you control the world exactly say the line say the line nathan uh uh the I don't know because I don't like Dune. The spice must flow. Oh, there we go. Yes. Um, I played the Harkonnen because they seem like the only evil people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I then there's so there's all of those. There's taxes you have to pay. Uh, so periodically they'll just take your spice away from you, and you have a slider in the top left that you can either keep all the spice that you're harvesting or sell some of the the spice that you're harvesting or you you choose the slider to to determine how much spice you keep versus how much you're selling periodically um and then they introduce there's a stock market uh <laughs> where you're trying to buy up as much of this stock as possible because that's another way you can win is by by controlling the stock market, and if you get eighty percent of the shares in that particular stock for Dune Spice Wars, then you win the game. Uh, I just think there might be too many systems at play. It it really does seem like it's trying to be every strategy game that's gotten any level of popularity over the last ten years, all yeah. at the same time. Yeah. yeah it, was that there was another there was a game that you played as like corporations and like that was a main way to win the game that, was by basically owning the stock market. 
Yeah, and 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 there are other, there are other things. So, uh, you have agents that you can put in specific positions to either weaken your opponents or like gain certain abilities. Then you get different agents over time, or you can get new agents by, uh, capturing the other people's agents through so, ways. You can so also the spy system from Civ. Okay. Yeah. Then there's also uh, then there's also just normal skills like you level up your different skills just like you would in Civilization, where oh if you go down this path you're more military and if you go down this path you're more more diplomacy. And it's just I I think that they they're trying too hard. I think that if I was hoping with spice uh, I'm sorry. I was hoping with Dune, Dune Spice Wars, not Spice Wars Dune, with Dune Spice Wars, that it would be more like Dune for the DOS. Uh, the DOS. The DOS. Uh, Dune for DOS. Or, or those older, uh, I remember playing it years upon years ago. I think it was Dune 2. And it's just a traditional RTS, like, like Age of Empires like 2 or 3, right? Where... You know, you build up your cities and you go on, you battle. I was hoping it would just be like that, but there are just so many systems that they throw at you. And obviously, if you jump into it, you're not going to know what to do. So uh, the good news is... It also seems like the the real-time element just adds more stress (laughs) for no real reason. Yeah, it might be better as a turn-based strategy. With all those systems in place, right? It would be better as a turn-based or at least I wonder if they went with real time just because of the history of Dune games all being RTSs. And they were just like, well, we can't make it turn-based. No yeah. one will play it. And of course, of course, your harvester can get eaten by a sandworm if you don't recall the harvester. What There's a sandworm attack approaching, and you can, you'll get a warning, and then you have to move your harvester away from the spice. Otherwise, the sandworm will eat your harvester and you have to build a new one which could be a problem if you don't have enough materials to build a new harvester anyway i got a brand new combine harvester i'll give you the key yes and so it's on game pass it's in early access right now uh so you can you know play it right now it plays fine it's just it's not my type of game. It's there's too many systems, and I'm too stupid to know what to do. Anyway, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday because Thursday was Thanksgiving, and I was planning on streaming, but then I went to you know my sister's house, and they got drunk, and my sister told me she didn't appreciate my sweater because I wore my Bernie Sanders sweater. It was great. It's good. Just tell her you don't appreciate her face. No, I was like, well, I said, you know, this sweater that he sold, they they raised over a million dollars for charity. And she's like, yeah, right. No, seriously. (laughs) Like, she's fucking people here are stupid. They're so dumb. Communist charity. Yeah. Meals on wheels. uh, uh, Feeding old people. Anyway. Sounds like communism to me. Yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, I played Mass Effect 2. I am about done with it. I just have a couple more of the character storyline quests to do because you have to, in that game, I know, I'm spoiling a 
how when did it come out? Two thousand nine. Like fifteen years old by this point, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm spoiling a very, very old game, but there, there's a suicide mission at the end, and a part of getting out of that mission is choosing the correct people because you'll you'll be thrown into a scenario and they'll be like, choose who goes and leads this group, and you have to choose the right people. And so there's that part of it where you just got to choose the yeah. right person to do the right thing. But you also, have done all the loyalty missions. Yeah, if you haven't done all the loyalty missions, those. Hey, why are you playing Mass Effect? Yeah, somebody might die. Uh, so, like my friend, there was a character that he didn't really like. So he did all the loyalty missions except for this one character that he was <laughs> like, I don't like her. And so at the end of the game, he chose all the right, all the right people for all the right jobs, and then it just like cuts to her, and she's just laying dead. And he's like, and Good. Explodes. And yeah, he's just like, good, and like walked back on the ship. And so you have to make sure to do all the loyalty missions or everyone dies, and it's all your fault. Anyway, uh, I'll probably beat that game next week, and then I'll have to find a new game to play. I, I don't know what game that... Oh, actually, it Sonic. might be... Play Sonic. It might be the new Marvel Midnight Suns game. It should be the new Sonic the Hedgehog. Have you bought that game for me yet? Mm-hmm. No. Okay then. Just consider it an investment. I'll buy it for, for you stream. on PS5. I have a PS5. I know you do. It's thirty-five dollars. Oh, is it? PS5. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. I, I unfortunately I don't have a uh, disc version of the PS5. I have the discless version of the PS5. You're fucking heathen. It's you're part I, of the problem. It's it's because it was the only way I could get one at the time. Okay. And and I have played and you use one it game so on fucking it. often. I have <laughs> used I played one game on it. Anyway, uh, we are going to move on and we're going to talk about some news stories. Okay, uh, could I do an honorable mention before we start? No. Too bad. I'm going to do it anyways. Oh, okay. You guys know that new the the Pokemon Scarlet and the Pokemon Violet video game. You know this? Have you heard yeah, about yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys know that uh, the battle stadium feature where you can like play with your friends uses the same RNG seed for every battle? No, I didn't. I don't even know what you're talking about. So you know how like computers randomly generate numbers? Yeah. Yeah, I know that. Every battle will always use the same like generator. So what, what this means is you could always ensure moves will do like one hit KOs if they're randomized moves like sheer cold that always you can make it so it always hits. You oh. know, your uh, your your hyper beam only has a sixty percent chance of missing. Well, you know which turns it'll hit. Interesting. And that's did, a problem. When yeah, did Game is. Freak like just stop trying? When did that um, happen? Black and white. <laughs> I, I maybe maybe is black and white too. I don't know. Black and white. I I liked those games, but uh, I think yeah, this is probably. The worst received Pokemon... Isn't it the worst received Pokemon game that came out so far? It's got the typical modern Nintendo syndrome of setting sales records while also being universally hated. Yeah, Yeah, well, that's... That means they're going to continue doing it. And I I know we're really off topic here, but I've already seen people playing this on, like, the emulator with 60 FPS mods, and it Mm -hmm. looks so good. Mm -hmm. This game... I don't want to say it's the hardware because it, yeah, you know, you can optimize the engine better or whatever. But it's yeah, awesome. it looks good on PC. It's a hard. Well, I was gonna, I would no, it's not though. Is the thing because you look at Xenoblade Chronicles 
and it looks, it looks so fine. much better than Pokemon. And Xenoblade doesn't even have anywhere near as stylized of an art style as Pokemon does. There's no got... reason why Pokemon runs as shittily as it does on the Swanch, other than just Game Freak doesn't have the technical know-how slash experience slash budget, maybe? It, like, I don't know. I don't know what it is that could possibly be hamstringing that studio so hardcore. But like, I had thought initially, oh, well, it's the Switch. Like, it's not going to be able to do a big open world game very well. And Zelda got away with it because like it was it was already a port of a Wii U game and they have like Nintendo proprietary bullshit. But like uh, Xenoblade Chronicles is in the same boat as uh, Pokemon, where it's technically a second party title. It's not made internally by Nintendo. So they have just as many resources as Game Freak should, if not less than Game Freak, because Game Freak owns, you know, the biggest fucking product in the world. But yet Xenoblade looks incredible and Pokemon looks like it's not done. Yeah, I and and I think that's what I was saying before to some friends of mine is that I'm going to wait until a patch or two comes out before I pick up Pokemon or I bet uh, you it's never going to get that much better. It probably won't, but honestly, I'll probably not until the switch Two. I'll probably just play it on my computer. It's probably what I'll do. It'll it'll be good when it's released as Pokemon Scarlet two and Pokemon. This color is copyrighted. Please play 699 for this color. Uh, I, I do want to. I do want to ask you guys one question before we move on, move on to the stories. Aroa, did you buy anything for Black Friday uh, or Cyber Monday, whichever one? I know well, that's tomorrow. Tomorrow's Monday. Yeah, uh, but they do the de- like all the deals are are through the weekend. Yeah, now. yeah. It it doesn't even fucking matter. Um, did I though? I don't. You not don't think really. So? Not really. Uh, like I, I'm considering like getting an air fryer. Oh, like, uh, I my have, sister had one of those. Um, I, I recommend it. It's pretty badass. I I will I will buy you one for free. So okay. I and, oh. and and I'm not even kidding. Uh, I have your address. There is a thing at my work called Smiles Points. Yeah. And um, I have to like because we're switching to a different company, we have to use them by like March of next year. And by the middle of December, they stop being able to give out points. So I have, like, over a 1,000 points now. And one of the things I can buy for relatively cheap is, like, a 1,000-point air fryer. Okay. So, yeah. And and actually, uh, I have – I did that because I had 1,500 points. And I was like, what the hell do I get with this? And I'm looking, and I was like, the only thing that I have here – is an air fryer that like would make sense either that or like a bigger rice cooker than the one I have. So I got the air fryer and we already have an air fryer attachment for our instant pot. So I just have an air fryer sitting on my floor that I is on <laughs> that is that is still boxed up. Uh, but yeah, I'll I'll just shoot you an air fryer from that smiles thing. Okay. <laughs> happy Damn, I happy wish I Christmas. asked for an air fryer. <laughs> happy Christmas. Um wow. And uh, Connor, uh, did you get anything for Black Friday? No, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to sink some money on a monitor. 
Oh, yeah. uh, because I, I've been, I have, I've had two ultra wide monitors for, I, I don't know, like a year or something now. And there's a lot of games that just don't really support it. No. And like Chai 2 box really doesn't like being in that ultra wide format. And yeah, I just think having one big center monitor with like a, a blazing fast refresh rate would be nice. Yeah. But I'm not sure if I'm looking for fast refresh rate or if I'm looking for like 4k HD or something. And now that I have a graphics card that can handle either, uh, I need to probably do some homework before tomorrow. For me, the the choice that I made was 1440p, 144 uh, hertz is is going to give you the best middle ground and only be like two to three hundred bucks. Yeah, and that's sort of what I was thinking for. I, I see a lot of things for UHD, and I think. I, I think I think you're right. Uh, yeah. The 144 hertz, 144p, or 1440p, however the, yeah. it's commonly said. And I think that's the sweet spot. I bought I bought two things this week. Well, one thing arrived, and the other thing I ordered yesterday night in a in a tired haze. Uh, the the first thing I bought is I bought another Steam Deck, and the reason is, okay, I want my Steam Deck back. and my girlfriend's had my steam deck for like the last two months uh so i i was like you know what i'm gonna buy you a steam deck for christmas and she's like but that costs a lot of money i'm like yes but i want mine back so merry fucking christmas (laughs) and then uh last night i was sitting in bed and i saw that on the google store if you trade in your original Pixel 6, which I have, they will give you a $495 trade-in value for the Pixel 6. So I ended up getting the Pixel 7 Pro for $270. So I that's what I got. Well, shit. A phone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like that. Like, I was not going to do. I was just like, I'll wait until the eight or the nine comes out, and then there was like four hundred and something dollars. And if you don't go with the pro model of the of the uh, Pixel Seven, I think that it ends up being like a. Tw- it's only twenty dollars to get the Pixel Seven, but God I wanted damn. the pro. Yeah, so it, it's not a bad trade in, and you know, I already have a Pixel Six. So might as well upgrade. I don't know. It was fine. It's fine. I need to stop spending money, but we're going to move on. We're going to talk about Ubisoft. Ubisoft is back on Steam. Hooray. Is, anybody else? I didn't else? even notice they were gone. They, I noticed. I noticed too, because every time you would launch one of their games, it'd be like, do you have Ubisoft Connect or whatever the fuck it is? And I'm like, ah, fine, I guess. And so any game I wanted to play that was Ubisoft, which is few and far between now, would require you to like go to Uplay. Kind of like with uh, Game Pass. One of the things I don't like about it is they partnered with like EA, and in order to play certain games like Mass Effect, you have to have the EA downloader. Not Origin. No, they're retiring one. Origin. They're, they're retiring mm-hmm. Origin, and they have the EA downloader thing it's called just ea it's just just the ea the ea app for windows i think or something like that yeah it says for windows in the name because you know just in case you weren't aware yeah 
So, by the way, I do have a little tangent about Ubisoft Connect. As I mentioned earlier, I just finished 100%ing Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Uh-huh. And the way I was able to do that is I had it on my Steam Deck. Now, I had a little issue that took me a little bit of time to troubleshoot, which is my cloud saves weren't, like, transferring over. And in a game like Assassin's Creed, when you're trying to 100% it, that's really annoying. Long story short, the issue is the Ubisoft Connect client that came with the, like, Linux version of the game that you install from Steam is a Windows executable. Oh, good. You can get around this by launching it in-game, which you need to, like, set the button to have the interface open using the Steam UI, which, you know, took some homework, but I was able to do it. That was able to get my cloud saves fixed. Oh, good. But, damn, Ubisoft, get your shit together. Well, there are other ways to to get those games working. Like, like you can get Epic Games downloaded Epic. to... Your, Epic games are pretty easy. Yeah, your to your Steam Deck, and I think what's the other one? Oh, uh, GOG, G O G. Yeah, um, just download Windows on your Steam Deck. Yeah, you, could. you could do that, but I, I, I like did crap. that for a week. It doesn't run like crap. It's just that you run into problems where like you don't have an easy way of getting out of a game that like crashes, or if otherwise the system becomes unresponsive, like you're kind of stuck restarting the whole thing. And Windows is just a lot slower than SteamOS. Yeah. And like there are, there are some incompatibility issues in terms of the drivers. They're just like the whole thing just feels a lot less refined and, and streamlined. You also have issues with Steam input. So like games sometimes just won't detect the deck controller. And there's some workarounds you have to do with that. It's just, it's all a big pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can get the Heroic Launcher for Epic. I, th- I think it's called the Heroic Launcher. Yeah. And that's basically a third-party launcher that just, its purpose is to launch Epic Games. games. Um, and there's also Lutris, I think, is sort of a, an, a Swiss Army knife kind of tool for just playing games on Linux that don't have any kind of native support. Um, There's a lot that you can do to get those things working. And and speaking of that, I wonder if that's what Ubisoft's motivation was here, that they saw how successful the Steam Deck is and realized that that's a whole market that they're losing out on by being a bunch of dumbasses and taking things off of Steam. That That might be part of it. I think they just realized that it's better to have their games on Steam. I think my uh, from what I remember Microsoft had that for a while too where there were a lot of games that they would release that would be released on Game Pass. Uh oh yeah. But yeah. not, you know, on Steam and they're just like, you know what, screw it. Like Halo is going to be on Steam and this like if you want to give us money, like why not? Right. And- like Microsoft realized forever ago with multiple aspects of their business that like it makes way more sense to just put your services and products on as many platforms as possible and just let people give you money like the the whole walled garden concept really isn't all that useful if you can't get people to do like an apple fanboy thing like there's no there's no microsoft fanboy sort of universe so it just it makes more sense to just vomit your your shit everywhere uh yeah. sony's doing the same thing that's why you're seeing pc releases of all of their previous console exclusive games like and i'm sure that even ragnarok will end up on uh on pc in the next year or so 
Yeah, probably. It'll probably be exclusive for a year and then come over to PC or, or something else. Hopefully. We'll see what happens. But I think that their PC games are doing pretty well. I know Horizon Dawn did pretty well. Um, Even her- the, the original God of War. Not the original, but like the, the most recent. The, yeah. The, the most. God, this is getting confusing. It's the Xbox thing all over again. God damn it, games. Uh, God of War. Yeah, the original new God of like the remaster with Norse mythology. Um, yes. That was made by Santa Monica Studio. That one has done really well. And Spider-Man, I assume, has been doing oh, gangbusters. Yeah. Spider-Man's been like consistently in the top sellers on Steam for a little while. And and the reason is it's such a good game. Like it's yeah. not it's not the type of game that I would generally play, but I remember playing through it and and Spider-Man is the best of that type of game. It's and it's like it's just like why especially like it made sense back in like even the 360 era that you wouldn't necessarily do a PC port because you'd have to either spend a lot of man hours on that or farm it out to a porting house and hope that they do a good job. Yeah. Uh whereas now like PC hardware and console hardware it's all essentially the same. So there's hardly any effort involved. Like the Gorilla engine that runs Horizon Zero Dawn, like that just runs on PC with like hardly any effort involved. That's why Death Stranding got an immediate PC release. Well yeah, same so, with same with Days Gone. It's just unreal. Like most of the games made nowadays are either something like Gorilla or it's just unreal and it's yeah. super easy to port over. So I I don't expect them to I do expect Sony to try to at least keep things exclusive for a while, but then come to PC. Uh, but we're mm-hmm. already seeing like Microsoft is putting everything on PC already. And uh, from what I understand, Nintendo's already doing that. Ryujinx uh, runs runs Pokemon pretty well, from what I hear. I don't, oh. I don't think Nintendo wants that. Oh, 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 interesting. But uh, moving back to Ubisoft, uh, I think that this is a good move for them to include um, include their games on Steam again and not require the stupid launcher. Because you could still, you would have the games on Steam and then it would be like, ah, you got to download the launcher. So you'd have to download another launcher, which I know, I, I know that Cyberpunk Monk likes having as many launchers on his computer as possible. That is incorrect. I, I have mm-hmm. Steam and I tolerate Ubisoft Connect and... Boy, I think its days are numbered even. I don't I, know. I, I I can't imagine that, like... Because they, they killed off, like, Uplay, right? And, like, all the Uplay rewards shit, which, yeah. you know, kind of hamstrings a bunch of games of the 360 generation and, like, the early X-Bone PS4 generation. Yeah. But, like, I, I can't imagine that Ubisoft wants to keep wasting money on supporting those systems like why would you want to keep developers working on this launcher that literally no one likes and working on like supporting this background infrastructure that you know you just ask ea obviously running a couple of servers is super expensive and time consuming right so like why why are they doing that instead of just letting everything sit on top of steamworks which comes with publishing on steam and just leaving it at that. I, I don't get that. I know why. There's no way they're getting that much analytics info from 
that client that they couldn't just embed in the game itself. I know why. It's because it's, Steam Valve takes 30% of the revenue. Well, they take that anyway. Is my thing. Like, oh, like, I see. I see. Whenever they were whenever they were publishing on Steam before and they still required you to download Uplay, like what fucking value does that bring? Do you really expect that there are going to be people who are going to instead just directly open Uplay and then go, oh, I can just buy my Ubisoft games here? Like, like they had to have analytics that showed that people weren't doing that a long time ago. And, and hey, maybe that's why they started going to the Epic Store. But like if they realized that the Uplay client wasn't bringing in direct purchases and then now have realized that the Epic Store wasn't making up that much in terms of profits to make it worthwhile, then like why continue creating these barriers to entry for people who just want to download and play a game? I don't get it. Yeah. And and but while Ubisoft does a lot of stupid things, so I'm sure there are a lot of people who spend a lot of money on the Epic Store, especially with like Fortnite and and Fortnite. Um but the the mentality I have with Epic is I use it for my free monthly game. That's it. Yeah. So I don't I don't go there and browse their store unless there's a huge sale. And typically if there is a huge sale, it's games I already have or games that I don't really care about. But, you know, every month or two I'll be like, oh hey, look, Star Wars Squadrons is free this month and I'll grab that. Or I I think next month uh last year for christmas they had like the 12 days of christmas where every day was a different free game oh yeah i might have to reinstall the epic launcher because <laughs> they had some really good game like they had the pathfinder kingmaker on there which is a hundred hour game like they had some really good games for free that you could grab but you had to have you had to check every single day to see which one it was anyway uh we're gonna move on uh ubisoft is back uh they're they have continued their relationship with valve and we're going to move on and we're going to talk about this 10 billion dollar failure that is amazon alexa yeah uh, somebody somebody brought this up i think it was connor no it was me no oh, it, was me. it was me uh there's a cat there's a cat pawing at my keyboard right now, so it's the article is scrolling up and down without my control. Okay. Uh, but uh, basically, yeah, it turns out uh, Alexa is a complete disaster. Uh, Amazon... I have two. I know. <laughs> like Amazon, I guess, put a bunch of money into this, into the Alexa platform, assuming that, well, somebody will spend money on it right yeah. yeah like somebody will use it to buy products off of amazon and it turns out no they don't no one does that literally no one uses it uh well i i've i've got it yeah alexa was getting a billion interactions a week but most of those conversations were trivial commands to play music or ask about the weather they can't monetize that uh so basically like amazon spending billions of dollars literally on these transactions and not getting any money back on it 
because like Alexa doesn't play ads. Uh, Alexa doesn't like I, I am setting off somebody's fucking echo right I now. I hope so. That. I hope so. <laughs> but like it, it doesn't really like prompt you to buy things all that often. I, I know whenever I first got mine, sometimes it'd be like, hey, do you want to rebuy the, this cat litter? And I'd be like, sometimes I'd say yes. And then it's like, OK, I put it in your cart. It's like, yeah. OK, that's not useful. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like it's, uh, you know what I use it for every morning I will wake up and I will start taking my shower and I will say echo good morning and it will say good morning here's the temp here's the weather for the day and now I'm going to play you five minutes of NPR so you're caught up on the news stories for the day and that's it like uh, that is I think that's the most anyone does with it. Like, I will I don't also even do that. I will also play Jeopardy with it. I I the most that I ever do with either my my Google Home or my Alexa devices, I will be like, "Hey, what's the what what time is it in Japan right now?" Or or like, "What's what's the etymology of the word potato?" Like, yeah, at least something stupid and inane. So like. I don't know really what Amazon was expecting here. I think the uh, idea. Than... I think the idea was kind of the same thing it is with consoles, right? They'll sell the console at a loss, and then hope that it will drive people to buy more things there. So, uh, like, well, you yeah, know, and Game so that Pass was... or or like they'll buy the software or they'll buy new controllers and stuff. But with Alexa. I mean, as you stated, like, you're like, hey, buy this. And they're like, we put it in your cart. Go check on your computer, I guess. Instead of just so, buying the thing with the buy now button. So uh, they, um, they, they mention that, like, they don't make money on the hardware. They don't sell no. it at a loss, but they, they sell it at cost. Okay. So they're making no money on that. Um, and, like... They they tried to spin it as people who use Alexa products spend more money at Amazon, and then it turned out that wasn't true. It it makes absolutely no difference at all. And um, and also, uh, the first generation is like the best speaker they had, and then <laughs> yeah. like they started they started like making it more cost effective, and it, it, the speaker's not as good. I mean so. the the Echo. I have a I have a the most recent generation Echo Dot that I got for I think Black Friday last year. Yeah. Uh, and like it's fine, but like I don't listen to music on it because that's no. that's the other thing that like maybe I'm just not like everyone else, but like I would feel awkward blaring my music in the middle of the house whenever other people live in my house with me. I will and so like yeah yeah I feel awkward with that too I'll I'll I have one in my bathroom so I will listen to music while I'm taking a shower sometimes and that's about it yeah like, like and I I can get that but like either way like I, there was no way that Amazon was gonna make money on this and apparently according to this article uh, with Ars Technica uh. Google Assistant is in very much the same boat. And I, I don't know if we talked about it on here, but a little while ago, there was an article that came out that Google was essentially gutting their Google Assistant uh, line of the business 
where they were they were cutting a ton of jobs because wow go figure it, again it, it's not actually making them any money yeah, and it, according to this article aren't they cutting 10,000 jobs yeah uh, at amazon uh, yeah, and that's not all in the Alexa corner, but it that is a huge chunk of it, uh, because like uh, the 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 division that lost ten billion dollars, uh, that's that isn't just Alexa, but that is a vast majority of it is Alexa, like. Man, they sure so, went from nobody wants to work to we're cutting 10,000 jobs pretty quick. Right. Um, so, like, really the only way to maintain this would be to raise the price on the devices, a la what Apple does, which yeah. is not going to happen. Or they just got to cut back funding on it and, they, yeah, they, and let it roll. They've either got to find a way to... They got to find a way to monetize it like they do with their their tablets right their tablets have that ad supported one where it shows an ad before you oh, unlock yeah, yeah. on the lock screen they could do something like that where in the morning when you first say hey good morning it'll like play an ad for you yeah, i mean like, i would this i would is hate your, that this is your morning briefing brought yeah. to you by pizza hut yeah and oh, and i you. would and i would hate please. that please but, no. it, but it would be a way to make money um, another way is to keep it at the same price, but cut manufacturing costs. Try to find a way to make it cheaper, but keep it at the same price. Well, the way you do that is you turn it into an app, which yeah, it already is. It is. Like, you just so, get rid of the hardware division, which is yeah. essentially what they're doing. But the reason, main reason I wanted to bring this up, which is just a very simple thing, is I fucking called it. <laughs> <laughs> because I said back whenever these things first came out, and like me being the consumerist whore tech nerd that I am, I was like, I don't get it. Who is this for? What does this do? Like, what does this accomplish that I can't accomplish just by wearing a watch or, or like pulling my phone out of my pocket? Are there that many people who put their phone down in one room and then walk out of the room? Or, like, or having a Bluetooth speaker. Right. Like the only thing this accomplishes is, is being a Bluetooth speaker. Like that's what I use my Google home for, for more than more than anything else as I connect to it as a Bluetooth speaker. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, it's just a Bluetooth speaker that you can plug into the wall. <laughs> like I, I have never understood how this was ever going to be a viable product. And as it turns out, it never was just like with music streaming and Twitter, like it's never made a profit and it's just kind of operated on the goodwill of a bunch of stupid venture capitalists, more or less. Like it's just people throwing money at a thing, hoping that eventually it'll become viable and it never did. And One, it probably never will. Yeah. Like some, it'd be like some stupid person spending like $40 billion on a Twitter <laughs> app or something. I don't yeah, know. Right. Stupid to do that. Happy to be pretty fucking stupid. We're gonna move hey, on. Just a, gonna... just just a, a hot opinion. What's up? Do these things need to be profitable? Does everything need to be generating money once it's already been sold? Um, Can I just so, have a log screen? So the the reason that it that and, and I know, but the reason that one would argue that it does need to be profitable is that. 
if it's not profitable, it can't sustain itself. Can, yeah, can we can we go back? I need to ask uh, Connor what he means. Like, do you mean profitable immediately, like sell it at a uh, for a profit, or do you mean uh, like continuously making money? I mean, like, if you want a service like an Alexa and a Google Assistant or something like that, does it really need to be something that constantly generates revenue? You make it the one time, you make it a product that people want to purchase, that should be your incentive. You can then make better products that people then want to purchase because it's better. I feel like when we're at this point where it's like you need to purchase this product and then you need to pay to get all these extra features attached to it if you want it, which is you know the next logical step to how do we make these things profitable and i just feel like if we stopped and went hey this isn't sustainable it might be better for everyone in the long haul yeah i i understand what you're saying um well that used to be apple's business model right like it used to be you bought the product and like yeah it cost a fuckload but that was the product and then you get in on all of the other apple features that come with that and like it, yeah. You can't, you can't sell the the thing at cost and then expect it to be sustainable. It's like how, whenever the app store first came out, a lot of like productivity apps, you'd pay I don't know ten dollars for it up front, and you, one you wouldn't get a whole lot of sales because no one wants to spend ten dollars on an app. But also, what do you do once you run out of people who are willing to pay for that? Like you can't expect year over year for people to to continue buying this app. Yes, like there's just not there's not that many pe- new people coming into the market. So what I you can't do expect people to continuously pay ten dollars for new apps though, which I, I assume is what you're getting at. Well, yeah, and so for a while that's what they would do is you'd basically buy new versions of the app, but it ended up turning out that the easier way of doing it was just to have everything use a subscription model which is Adobe, I guess, really is the most famous example of that because it used to be that if you wanted the Adobe Creative Suite, you bought Adobe CS5 or CS6, you paid fucking $1,500, $2,000 for this collection of software, and then you got all of the minor updates until the next major revision for free, and you never paid another license fee. And then they converted that to a subscription service. And that's kind of where everything else in the whole market has gone. It's just, it makes more sense from a financial perspective of being able to go, we can get recurring revenue with very little actual investment on our part required by just implementing a subscription service or or some kind of add-on afterwards rather than charging a huge fee up front. And really, like Apple, Apple is really the only one out there besides maybe Tesla, I guess, to a lesser degree, that can get away with it. You, you have to have that sort of that sort of brain dead community of fans who are willing to throw a ton of cash up front at something to be able to run that sort of business. Otherwise, everyone has to do what you're describing, which is the thing that I've I've stood against, I think is is bullshit. And I hate the way that the industry is going of essentially selling the full product piecemeal after you get a cheap introductory service. Oh, I hate it. I I hate the like cloud 
service <laughs> model that they have with like Adobe products. They're awful. Yeah. They're, it's they're it's terrible. Stu- and and apparently they broke colors. We didn't talk about this. But we, we can did. talk about that right. Oh, did we? Oh, we did. Uh, we you, did. You didn't. You, we did. You were gone. I remember but, right. that. Yes, I was gone. I apologize. I was in another We country. actually talked about it before Linus Tech Tips released a video on it. Yes. That's why people come to us at the Root and Entertainment Podcast for for hot topical news. Yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, the I can't the, they broke colors, which is stupid, but we're going to move on and we're going to talk about uh new DMCA strikes by Nintendo because they are taking down poster art from a, Yeah. Yeah. From from Emo Deck? Was it was it with the Emo Deck people were downloading it? it it's it, that is the most prominent uh, group of people who are probably downloading from it's from Steam Grid DB. So basically Steam Grid DB is a service slash site that just hosts box art for video games. Uh, their main their main thing is if you put ROMs into your Steam client. Uh, by default, all you get is. A, a square with the text that is the name of the game on it. Yeah. Uh, so if you go through Steam Grid DB, you can get the box art for the game and it's already formatted for Steam. It looks nice. It's really cool. Uh, well, it turns out that Nintendo doesn't want this. So they filed DMCA claims on a ton of essentially just like mario and zelda box art like that it's not even like everything it's just the really really popular shit because that's fucking nintendo for you oh yeah so now those images if you go to download the images for those roms onto your steam deck or or what have you you get an image that says this was removed because of a dmca strike from nintendo so that's not good. I, no. I I want them to replace all of that art with a child's drawing of that artwork. <laughs> <laughs> it would like, be Sorry. pretty great. Sorry. What you, you, had to what do you gotta do is you have to have like an AI be like, what do you think the art for Banjo Kazooie 64 looked like? That way you own anything it generates. Oh, that would be great, actually. Put it into what the fuck is that thing that I've been playing with? Mid Journey or Mid Journey, Crambox, whatever. Ever since uh, I think it was Mid Journey that got leaked, you could get AIR generators like people make a new fork every day. That would be nice. I've I've I have one of those AI generators, and I probably just don't use the right terms, but none of them have ever really come out looking good. It always looks like a child's rendition of what I'm asking for. Mid Journey is fucking incredible, but I'll be damned if I'm going to pay for any of these things. Nope. Yeah, there's one that I think they give you like 15 pictures a day or something like that, or or a month. Uh, Dolly gives you like 10 a month, and I've never even gotten close to using that. Yeah, Dolly gives you a bunch free every month. Mid Journey, I think, gives you 25 total for free, and then you have to pay after that. But Mid Journey, uh, like, Mid Journey is like, fucking incredible at making realistic images like it is unbelievable but you know we're it's a tangent and we got shit to do so we never do that here 
we would never, ever, and I mean ever, create tangents here, the Reeton Entertainment Podcast. But uh, yeah, if you're, I hope that they're able to get those pictures back or at least get some semblance of a picture without getting the DMCA strike because that's just dumb that it's art. It's not even like the artwork in the art books. It's just the cover art so that you can have mm-hmm. the cover art with the games. But we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about something I know Connor brought up, uh, which is a subscription fee to make your car go vroom. Uh-huh. Sweet. Fucking Jesus. It sure is becoming clown world out there. So imagine, if you will, having to pay like $18 monthly to warm your heated seats in the car that you bought with heated seats. Some people might roll their eyes and go, okay, you know, whatever. Imagine paying $80 a year to have access to Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, things that are already cooked into your car. And, you know, you might roll your eyes and go, whatever. There's the another one. Latest... No, can, can I, can I inter- I'm going to interrupt because there's another one that Toyota was doing where you have to pay a subscription fee to unlock your car. Or, I'm sorry, turn on your car with remote start. <laughs> I've... Yeah, they want it... you to pay. They want you to pay money. So, because for the first three years in the fine print of a certain Prius model, it said you get three years of this for free, and then we'll turn it off, and you have to pay a monthly subscription. I, I, I just want a car that I could put Linux on. I'm getting so sick and tired of this. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. The next in this awful cancer of a trend that's been plaguing our society is the ability to access the full capabilities of your engine. That is to say, you want all that horsepower you bought? It's gonna cost you. Mercedes is the latest manufacturer to lock auto features behind a subscription fee with their their upcoming acceleration increase add-on that lets drivers pay to access motor performance via their vehicle that's already capable. That is $1,200 a yearly subscription to improve performances by boosting outputs to the motors by 20 to 24%, increasing torque and shaving around 0.8 to 0.9 seconds off of 0 to 60 miles per hour acceleration. Is I agree. Is $1200 a year worth one waiting one more second to get to 60 miles an hour? So, I'm not a car person and I have friends who are car people, you know, I I don't want to disrespect them by any means, but I've never driven anything that wasn't like one bad sneeze from being a wreck on the side of the road. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't need to go fast. That, like, like, that, and you know, when I was in Germany, I did the autobahn. I, I do get why people get the rush of going like 180 kilometers an hour or whatever. But, yeah, but the roads in the I United States aren't as cool as the autobahn. No, but the moral here I'm trying to say is like, you don't need to go that fast. No. Slow and, down. We need to share the road. Be safe. And I think they're bringing this at a at a really poor time when so many people are working from home. Like yeah, I, uh, I I go into go work once a week. Do do I want to pay twelve hundred dollars to have slightly faster speed when I'm going to work once a week? No, not really. And I don't know how many people are going to do this. Though I will say, um, Tesla started this with their ludicrous mode where you had to pay to get the ludicrous mode, which did the same thing where it increased your horsepower or, or the tuning so that you could accelerate faster. 
I don't think See, it, Nathan, that that would imply that I'm paying attention to things going on with Tesla cars. That's true, and that was years ago. That was like six years ago or something that they they implemented ludicrous mode. Hi, dudes. <laughs> I'm making him mad because he keeps trying to lay on my keyboard. Uh-huh. Um, it is interesting that a lot of these are German car manufacturers because uh, it, it doesn't mention it here, but I worked for a small company that serviced uh, a lot of car dealerships. And one of them was a uh, Volkswagen dealership. And through them, I discovered that Volkswagen's uh, like repair parts program uh, is fucking horseshit. And I know I've I've brought it up before whenever we've talked about right to repair shit, but it's very much in this same vein of like, whenever you have a Volkswagen, you can only order parts if you are a registered uh, repair technician Mm -hmm. with Volkswagen. Uh, And part of that is using Volkswagen's proprietary software that allows you to look at the parts catalog in the first place. To be able to look at any any repair manuals or anything, you have to have the software, which only comes on CDs, and you have to you have to swipe through four different CDs to install the whole fucking thing. And then once you get it in there, there are two different license keys you have to use for each individual user. Like it's a it's just a huge fucking pain in the ass. But point being, like w- these car manufacturers, BMW is another German car car manufacturer and mercedes is german like i don't know what it is with this trend of german and fucking car companies just pulling a bunch of horse shit and not letting people own the fucking cars that they paid for they're trying to be the the tech world and the shitty thing is that it's going to work in a lot of these cases because mercedes and bmw at the least are generally luxury vehicle manufacturers so these are these are all fucking uppity up their own ass fucking rich people who are buying these cars anyway or they're stupid people who aren't going to be paying attention to what they're actually putting their money into yeah and and like they're not yeah they're not used to certain things that like connor said uh he's never driven a car that wasn't one good sneeze away from crashing right like it's not he hasn't driven great cars is what he was saying um i thought you just meant that vehicles in general are garbage and like well why would you ever pay a why would you pay a premium cost for a vehicle that's the same steel coffin as every other vehicle on the road i I was saying the former but the latter certainly does apply yes (laughs) (laughs) i had a friend who was a nanny for a while and uh, she was driving the kids somewhere in her kind of beater car and it broke down and the parents were not used to that because they all drove like be- like they would always lease BMWs and so they always had a brand new car that didn't break down and so they're like no from now on you drive our cars because we don't want the kids in danger and so she's like oh no I have to drive a BMW around all the time <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't think it's strictly German car manufacturers that do it's not. that type of I thing. Just, it, it's just a curious thing I, that, that is German manufacturers, it seems, that are, that are sort of at the forefront of this trend. 
I have a 2010 Toyota Prius and I didn't know how the map system worked in it. So I called up Toyota and I was like, Hey, you know, my maps is out of date. I was trying to get somewhere. Like it was telling me to go down a road that didn't exist anymore. Like I need to update my maps. And they're like, Oh yeah, sure thing. That'll be $280. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh no, I'm good. And so I didn't, I didn't do that. And I was, I was driving around one day and I was just messing with my car cause I was bored waiting for somebody. And I opened the disc tray and on, when you open the disc tray, it like folds down and there's the disc tray on top. And I was like, doo, 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 doo. and I look down and it says DVD on the bottom and there's another disc tray. And I was like, what, what's that? And I press the button. And a DVD comes out. That's the map DVD. Yeah. And I was like, oh. So I went on eBay and spent like $10. Uh And I updated my maps. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Nissan uses, uh, at least they used to be, they were SD cards. I don't (laughs) know about now if it's a flash drive, because I haven't seen an SD card reader in my current Nissan. But yeah, it like... The the maps that they use in most vehicles, like the built-in navigation, they are licensed from Garmin or TomTom, mm-hmm. generally. Mm-hmm. And they just put their own, like, little skin on top of it. Yeah, so I assume whoever sold me that DVD had actually bought the DVD for, like, the $200 that, it's, that they sell it for, and then just started making copies and selling it on eBay. Probably, uh, there were the, the Nissan ones have some kind of copy protection on them, uh, that make it a little more difficult, I guess. Cause I, I was never able to find copies of the Nissan ones, but also maybe it's just that no one cared because like who uses the built-in navigation in their vehicle? Yeah. I, I always use your phone. Yeah. I just use my phone. Like I, I did when I first got my vehicle occasionally try to use it, um, but I I just have a little mount on my on my dashboard that I just keep my phone on and we're and, good. And like I have CarPlay. Like I don't. I need. I want CarPlay. I want or or uh, Android Auto in my car. Uh, yeah, that would be great. But uh, that would cost like five or six hundred dollars to install a new system. So I don't want to do that. Considering I want to buy a new vehicle in the next year or two. Anyway, yeah. and like any car that was manufactured in the last five or six years is probably going to have it built in unless you get the lowest, uh, what do you call it? Trim. Yeah. Yeah. The lowest, but even the lowest model nowadays usually have some sort of that, some sort of navigation like that. It um, depends on the company. Let me tell you. That's true. Anyway, uh, I think we're done unless Connor has anything else to add. Nope. Um, we should mention that that article was from The Verve, uh, The Verge, I mean, so we don't get sued. And, ah, it'll uh, be linked down below. Yeah. Also, can... fuck The Verge. They're, they can't make computers. Yeah. Nope. Anyway, I want to thank you for being here, Aurora. Yeah, I was, I was here. And I want to thank you for being here, Connor. I was here. And we will be back next week talking about more video game and or tech news. Goodbye. Goodbye.